Sunday Golds, Ario Masudi and Brett Nevitt. And Florida State gets another opportunity to get back out on the diamond this weekend, this time against the Virginia Cavaliers. Uh, over 500 of you listened to our last podcast, and uh, we do really appreciate that. Um, this has been a lot of fun, and the support you guys have given us has been incredible. Um, not a great start to the ACC season for FSU getting swept by Pitt, um, but I feel like it's time to move on from that. Virginia's here. It's the uh, number 16 team, according to D1Baseball.com, uh, a top 25 team no matter where you look at them. And those of you who follow college baseball, which I'm sure if you're tuning in, you're not usually a casual uh, fan of FSU, you know about the Virginia Cavaliers. You know what Coach O'Connor has built over in Charlottesville. They have a national championship. Florida State does not. That was in 2015. It's a team that you could have argued at one point before Louisville joined the conference. And even when Louisville joined the conference um, in its first couple of years, Virginia was the golden standard for teams in the ACC to try and chase. They have fallen off just a little bit. The Cavaliers, um, after winning the national title in 2015, had a couple of good teams. I believe they had a 43-16 and 16 team a few years later. Um, but recently, they haven't been up to the same level. However, last year... Uh, you know, and they played 15 games and were 13 and two, Brett. Um, but whenever the Wahoos come to town, you know what they're going to do. They're going to pitch it. They're going to have some bats in the lineup that can, you know, uh, swing the stick just a little bit. And they're a tough out. And FSU is going to have to to come out and play its A game to get a big series win. Yeah, I was just going to kind of say what you just said at the end there. Just uh, Florida State's going to have to win games this year, this weekend. Um, it's not. I don't think Virginia is going to be a team that hands you games or makes a lot of errors, walks a lot of guys, um, swings and misses a ton. Um, so you you gotta have to go out there and play your best ball. Um, you know, I think it's just three things for FSC this weekend. It's timely hits, make routine plays, and throw strikes. And that's just kind of where they've got to start um, from this slow start. I'm, those are the three things that could get them back on track. I think. Yeah, you know, I'm actually calling the games this weekend um, on the ACC Network extra side of things. So I've been doing uh, some research on on the Cavs and and where they're strong and, and where they're not. And right now, um, Virginia is uh, it's a good team. They lost uh, two out of three against North Carolina. I believe it was on the road in Chapel Hill. But all three of those games were one run ball games. So. They could have got swept like Florida State did. Uh, they could have won all three games. Uh, instead, North Carolina was able to find uh, the final three outs in a one-run game twice, and then Virginia was able to kind of do that on Sunday. Um, it's not the best hitting Virginia team that they've had in Charlottesville. Matter of fact, Virginia for the last few years has been a a good hitting team, but not a great hitting team. Um, this year's team has struggled uh, mightily um, at the plate, especially the bottom of the order. Uh, but they still have some guys who can get the job done. They're not going to hit a lot of home runs, but they are going to pitch it. And they're going to pitch it at an extremely high level, Brett. And one of the things that stood out to both of us was they don't walk a lot of batters. Yeah. I mean, I mean Florida State's going to walk more than usual. I mean, they're going to make pitchers work more than usual, but... Virginia is still going to be a, a team that comes in here and, and pounds the strike zone, and Florida State's going to have to be ready to hit. They're going to have to be ready, be ready to hit early in counts. Um, you know, Virginia is a team that's going to attack early and get ahead and kind of work from there and um, try to induce a lot of soft contact. And, um, you know, obviously coming off last week and all the strike counts, um, and you have a, a staff coming here like, like UVA has, there's obviously some to be worried about, um, a lot to be worried about really. But, you know, I think – all these games will be close, at least. Um, you know, I don't think UVA is a team that is is a team that really puts teams away. Um, you know, they kind of just let their pitch and do their thing, and 
um, get some timely hits, and that's how they're going to win ball games, kind of. So you know, if Florida State can get those timely hits, and you know, last week it really a lot of a lot of last week was just Pitt coming up with timely hits, and Florida State not. Um, you know, Florida State could have won two out of those three games, but you know, instead because then no timely hits, they lose all three. So you know, it's just going to be w- about which team gets timely hits this weekend. I think um, I think Florida State's pitching staff will be successful against against Virginia's lineup at least. But um, you know, these pitchers that Virginia's bringing in are all. They're all studs. Uh, Friday through Sunday, they're all studs. Yeah, I just, uh, going through some of these, I want to let you know what they've done um, on the mound. Uh, They held UConn to one run and two runs uh, opening weekend uh, in in both of their wins. They held uh, Carolina to three runs and a loss, two runs and a loss, and two runs and a win. Uh, And then they just pitched George Washington uh, really well on uh, in the middle of the week, and they held George Washington to one run. So yeah, look, this is a really good pitching staff. They've got arms. And I think, you know, that's the book on Virginia. And it always has been historically for them under O'Connor. It's they're going to pitch and they're going to have some names, you know, the, the names that come to mind, right? The, the Danny Holtzons of the world, um, that they've had that have been superstars. Josh Spores was a, a stud for them when they won the national title back in 2015. I could go down a list. I mean, there are, are some real studs from Virginia. Um, historically too, Ryan Zimmerman comes from Virginia, uh, he was a Cav, uh, now playing in the MLB. I mean, did he retire recently, Brett? Or right. Zimmerman still going? I I think he pretty sure he opted out of this past year, and now he's back Nationals, in this year. Correct. Yeah, still he's been a Nat for a while. I feel like um, so yeah, Virginia's got some pedigree. Um, Paven Smith, obviously Matt Dice, um, all those guys uh, have played in the big leagues, and um, this is a, a Cavs team that's prideful. And last year I mentioned they were really good. Um, 14 and four, actually, I need to correct myself on what I said earlier. They were 14 and four before the season shut down a, a great offense. And, um, Brett, like we've seen with a lot of teams in college baseball, there's a lot of familiar names. You go down this list and, um, the, the Geloffs and the Kents, the, the Logan Michaels Rivolis of the world, Alex Tappan. I mean, we've seen a lot of these names and including the weekend rotation, Vassal, Abbott, McGarry, all guys at FSU has seen before. Yeah, and this lineup is really is another lineup that is going to be top heavy, um, a lot like Pitt. Um, you know, Geloff, Kent, um, especially Kent. I think Kent's already had five multi-hit games this year. Um, believe he's their leadoff guy almost every single game. Um, you know, they go with the same lineup almost every single game. Yeah, Kent is leadoff guy. Uh, Geloff hitting third. Um, you know, this is a lineup that does have potential because uh, you know some of the guys that have struggled for them earlier this year. Um, were guys that were really good for them last year. I'm trying to I'm trying to look back. I think uh, Chris Newell, a guy that really is really struggled so far this year, uh, hit 407 for them last year um, in 18 games with four homers. Um, Geloff had five homers last year. Um, so Florida State may have a team that's waiting waiting to break out offensively here coming to, to Tallahassee. There's definitely a potential for that, but I also think that Florida State's pitching staff is is starting to find their groove. I think they're starting to pitch it better. I know they gave up seven runs and nine runs, um, but you know seven runs on Saturday, four unearned, um, and then nine runs. You go thirteen innings. Um, you know Florida State still had nineteen strikeouts that game. Um, I still thought they threw it well. It's just you know Pitt runs into a couple balls and um, puts up a cr- p- couple of crooked numbers that um, make it look a lot worse than it was, but. Yeah, this pitching staff as a whole. I mean, McGarry is going to be a strikeout guy. Um, Vassal is a guy that's going to attack you. Uh, uh, you know, he's got no walks this year in twelve innings. 
Um, Andrew Abbott's another guy that's just going to be pumping um, strikes in there. Um, you know, Abbott's always been a reliever, but he's their Friday night guy this year now. Um, so I, I, I'm interested to see how Florida State works Abbott. Um, you know, a guy that's only made two career starts now on the weekend. Um, you know, he's given up two homers this year, so he is susceptible to a little bit of hard contact. Um, but, you know, also only a 186 batting average against. 199 batting average against the staff. Um, 30 walks and 70 innings, 94 Ks. Yeah, uh, Florida State's got a tough task off- offensively this week. They really do. It doesn't get easier. Um, and I actually was had a meeting earlier um, today. It's Thursday where we're recording this um, with uh, Florida State's pitching coach, uh, Jimmy Bellinger. And he was just talking about, you know, how there is no breaks this year in the ACC. And we've said that on this podcast before, that we expected older lineups and older uh, and veteran outfields and, and infields and staffs as a whole, right? right? Like, so... Um, there's no time for anyone to feel sorry for themselves. You're going to have a good schedule, and if you are who you think you are and who you can be, you need to prove this weekend that the Pitt series was an anomaly, and it's not a trend, and it's not something that fans should be extremely concerned about on the macro level of what this team's potential is for this season. Um, Mike Vassell, Florida State saw him in 2019, actually destroyed him. Nine hits, eight runs. That was in Charlottesville. Um, They've seen Abbott in an ACC tournament. They've seen him on the weekends. Abbott Abbott was one of their uh, back-into-the-bullpen guys um, earlier in his career. So now he moves into a a Friday role, and, and he's nasty. Like, he's got really good stuff. Um, I remember seeing him pitch a few times. The slider is real. It's like this slurve, um, and from he's nearly impossible uh, for lefty hitters. It's going to be a tough task for some of those guys. Um, McGarry uh, was really good against Florida State a few years ago. His fastball's 95, uh, has a good breaking ball. His problem in the past was command, and it looks like he might have taken a step forward there. So it's going to be tough. They've got some studs in the back end of their bullpen this year. Virginia's going to have a few guys that run it up there, 96-97. And so um, I still think Florida State could give McGarry some trouble just with command. I mean, when you have – I don't know, what was it last year? He had 19 walks in 20 innings, um, you know, only five through far, so nine through, through nine. But, I mean, there's definitely some command control, I mean, command issues there for him. Um, but he also has 18 Ks in nine innings. So that's a guy that um, I would think doesn't go very many innings on Sunday, um, which means Florida State's got to make these first two guys work the first two days so that on Sunday that um, when they have McGarry going, a non-efficient guy, that there is some – that um, they're thinned out really in the back end. But, you know, Abbott's really also, um, you know, you just talked about all the good stuff he has, but, you know, Florida State is a righty-heavy lineup. Um, I think lefties are definitely going to be what Florida State hits better this year. Um, you know, three of your top five are lefties, but, um, you know, that whole back end of Florida State's lineup is probably going to be right-handed hitters. Um, so far we've hit better against righties. I mean, the whole, I think, almost all seven runs or you know, five of the seven runs came off lefties on Sunday when Florida State started to get their bats going a bit. Um, the the talent level of the lefty they'll see on, on will be a lot different on Friday, though. But um, I don't hate that matchup. Um, the Vassal on, on Friday, a guy that I'm in Saturday, that's got no walks this year. Um, that's, that's, that's worrisome for me. Yeah, uh, 100% agree. Um, Abbott's going to be tough. I think him and Messick will be a fun matchup on Friday night. 
Um, that could be a type of game you and I agreed that if FSU can get to like five runs in some of these games this series, that could be good enough. Um, but you're going to need the pitching staff to also take a step forward. You know, uh, Belly told me earlier today that um, he was a little surprised by just like the the command issue some of the guys were having because that's not something that they had been showing um, up to when the season started. But he said he thought Sunday, Brett, that FSU actually pitched the best game of the year that he felt like that they had. He said that, yeah, they ran into a couple of them, but in terms of us hitting our spots, I felt like we were at our A game, even though, you know, against Pitt they gave up nine runs. Um, which is amazing to hear a coach say that. But usually the coach knows that if you repeat that performance, the chances are pretty high that you're going to put up a lower number of runs by yeah, a lot. So, yeah, I mean, results don't always equal the product of what you put out there. Um, there's been a couple games this year where I feel like Florida State's pitched well and they didn't really get the results. And then there was a couple games where I felt like they didn't pitch very well, but they did get the results. Um, they still got to be more in the zone, I think. And they were a lot better in the zone this week. But Florida State is still, I think, in the bottom 40 of the country in walks per nine. Um, I think we're still at 6.36 walks per nine. That's 14th in the ACC and two or third in the country. Um, there's not many pretty stats right now for FSU, though. I um, mean, you know, there's only we only top 50 in one category for hitting, and that's walks. Um, I think only one top 50 for, his, for pitching, too, and it's strikeouts per nine. Um, you know, it has been good to see us miss a lot of bats. That was expected. Uh, but did, if, if the walks could come down and start to to even out a little bit and Florida State was able to, you know, my problem with Florida State so far that pitching wise has been they haven't been attacking hitters enough with two strikes. It feels like it feels like Florida State gets ahead of hitters and they just start to kind of nibble um, and try to be perfect. And, you know, some of that does have to do with an, an offense that's struggling and pitchers are afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, you give up one homer and that could be it when your offense isn't scoring much. So I feel like if Florida State starts to score more, you'll start to see pitchers attack more. So I think it's just it's a whole team thing right now where everybody needs to start playing better. Um, and, you know, it's just – as I've thought about it the last few days, I think it's just – it's not as far off as we thought it was. Um, when you go back and look at these games from the weekend, I mean, one nothing. I mean, how many times are you going to lose a game one nothing? Um, how many times are you going to blow a four-run lead with this bullpen? Um, it's just, it's not as far off as, as, as it looked from being swept by a pit team as I thought it was. Yeah. And you know, for me, um, the stats six, eight games into the season, they really just don't tell a story. Um, you know, just from my background doing broadcasting, they always say when you get the first or second series, stats don't really matter right now. So trying to delve into it too much on the broadcast are not a good idea just because again, the volatility of baseball and a guy hitting 125 might end the season hitting 275. A guy starting the season hitting 500 is going to hit what? Could end up 275, 280 at the end of the year. So um, really it's all about for, for Florida State is how are you going to play matchup-wise? And let's let's talk about some of these matchups here, Brett, because uh, Friday it's, I believe, going to be Abbott versus uh, Messick. Um, that should be a lot of fun. A couple of lefties who, uh, you know, the fastball can run it up there 93-94 uh, when they need it, um, but they rely on the breaking stuff and command um, of a fastball that's about 91, you know, 92. So um, how important do you think Friday will be for Florida State to kind of get that game, even if it's a 2-1 to one win, no matter what, to kind of set the tone for the weekend? Yeah, I just, I think Florida State needs to get up early. They need to set themselves up for the entire weekend um, just to you know, kind of get a good feeling, get the feeling of not having to press, um, pitchers not having to pitch perfect, like I said. Um, you know, if, if Florida State could get a one nothing or 2 nothing lead in the first three innings of that game, I think 
you know, just the vibes in the dugout, um, you know, getting down three, nothing multiple times or getting down early, you know, it's not, it's not an easy thing for teams to come back from, especially when they're already struggling. So it's really important for Florida state, you know, somebody, for somebody to have a big hit early, for somebody to have a two out hit early in that game, I think could really just kind of flip a switch for Florida state. Um, you know, an Elijah Cabell homer or something. I mean, they just need something early in a game where they don't have to play from behind. Um, but you know, that Abbott Messick uh, matchup could be really fun. Um, two lefties that I think are two of the better pitchers in the, in the entire conference for sure. Yeah. Florida state, um, has not won a opening game of a, of a series. Haven't yet. even won on a Friday or a Saturday yet. Cause yeah. we didn't even play Friday first weekend. Yeah, no, you're right. Um, it's been tough, and I'm not. I'm looking at trying to see how Abbott pitched last weekend um, against UNC. I mean, it's good. His numbers are really good, so I'm assuming it's good. I'm just trying to get this to load. I wish I had it um, preloaded, but it looks like it's about to pop up here for me. All right, here we go. Um, last weekend, Abbott was seven innings, six hits, three runs, um, all earned, one walk, six strikeouts. So you're right, Brett. I think you know Carolina got on him in the first inning, was able to grab one, um, and then got. Uh, a couple more there um, in the fifth and in the sixth as his pitch count got up to 90. Um, and they followed that up bringing in a sack, a Zach messenger. So um, yeah, it's going to be important to get on them early. I you know, think. it's just, I mean like obviously people on Twitter don't like it. It doesn't mean much, but like just the vibes of when you see Florida state get down early and you know, you see people go, Oh, here we go again. You know, that's kind of somewhat scoring first in baseball is important. It, is, it yeah. really is. I mean, you don't want that feeling in the dugout as well. Um, so I just think if Florida State can get up um, right away, um, you start to set yourself up really well for the rest of the weekend. Um, and, you know, I just think this bullpen will start to be a lot better in shutting things down when they need to. Yeah. All right. So, so uh, there's Friday's matchup. Um, I was encouraged by how Parker pitched on Friday um, last weekend. Uh, Belly I, thinks they could yeah, go. He can take I, it another step forward. Yeah, I still don't think you've seen the Parker Messick. That Parker, I, I, I don't think you've seen close to what Parker Messick can be yet. Yeah. Um, four walks isn't Parker Messick. That, that, that's just not who he is. I don't think I saw him walk more than one person in six or so outings in, in, in the last few months. So yeah, I, I just, there's still a lot of room for improvement for Parker, even though he threw the ball really well last week, I think. All right, here's the kicker. Uh, Saturday, got a new starter in there for Florida State. Brett, I'll let you touch on it a little bit. Um, it'll be uh, Vassal, correct, uh, for UVA? McGarry, McGarry. Excuse me, all right. So Vassal will go Sunday. McGarry goes Saturday for Virginia, Florida State, turn into Hubbard. Yeah, um, so Mean announced this today that Hubbard would be in the weekend rotation. Um, first, going back to Montgomery, you know, he's a zero by his ERA right now, which is it's kind of funny to think that you're bringing a guy out with a zero ERA, but, you know, he has struggled with efficiency, struggled with command. Um, I think Florida State was really looking forward to getting him back there, out there on Tuesday. Um, you know, that was something that Meat kept saying today, that they were really um, – you know, they were really hoping to get him out there on Tuesday and start to get him back to normal and start to let him see himself um, be good again. Um, I think on Tuesday he said that they went live scrimmage and he threw the ball really well. But um, just for his development, they're going to go with Hubbard on Saturday and they're going to use uh, Carson out of the bullpen on Saturday or Sunday. You know, I, I said after last week, I thought Hubbard had earned the opportunity to be a weekend rotation guy now. Um, you know, he's going to be dominant with the fastball still want to see a little more command from him but what we've seen from him so far is good enough with the stuff he has um when he looks comfortable and when he's uh just 
repeating, repeating, repeating his mechanics, that's when he's really good because his stuff is always going to take over even when he's off. Um, you know, I saw him in the summer. He would, you know, there'd be times where he would walk three straight guys to start an inning and then he'd go, K, K, he would go three strike counts in a row. So, you know, Bryce is a guy that is always going to be missing a lot of bats. He's going to be a good guy for you, but you just worry about, he's another guy you worry about efficient, efficiency and a command. But, you know, either way, I don't think he's going to be a guy that ever gives up a ton of runs. Yeah. Um, uh, Hubbard's a guy that I think, you know, you've said in the past that he has the best swing and miss stuff on the team at times. I mean, you've likened him to a, a almost like a another Shane Drohan in terms of just the way that the stuff moves and, and it's just funky and it, you don't see it well. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think I'm really high on what Hubbard's potential is. Obviously, the staff is too. If um, he was close, right, to starting um, opening weekend, like he had, yeah, he, had he definitely was, gave them something to think about. Yeah, bro, Hubbard was probably the number four coming out of um, the, you know he was a guy that was right there with Montgomery. You know, he just wasn't built up as much after an injury in the fall, and he, he didn't really impress that much in the spring. Um, and, you know, Carson did earn that Saturday role out of, out, of the, out of the preseason. That wasn't just because he was the highly rated guy. That wasn't just because Florida State handed it to him. It was because he had earned it. Um, you know, now Bryce has earned it. So it's, it's, it's a thing that's going to be, I think, in movement the whole season. This isn't a staff that um, – goes away from competition throughout the year. And, and you know, we've kind of seen some of that too in, on position player side. So um, I think this isn't over. I don't think this is the last you'll see of Carson Montgomery starting on the weekend this year. And Florida State's going to be at its best when Montgomery's at his best. And, you know, he's in the weekend rotation, I think. Yeah, McGarry uh, last weekend, five innings. Uh, he went 98 pitches. So kind of inefficient in my opinion, actually. Um, if you go 98 pitches in five innings, um, four hits, two runs, just one earned. Uh, two walks, nine strikeouts. So as you know, Brett and I have talked about, McGarry's got some swing and miss stuff. It's good. Uh, it's a firm fastball. Um, and if he's commanding it, Florida State's going to have its work cut out for it. They're going to need some timely hitting. They're going to need – look, man, they're going to need a Robbie Martin, a Reese Albert, and Elijah Cabell, Matt Nelson, um, it, You know, and we'll talk about Matt and Tyler uh, towards the end and, and their injury statuses. But Florida State's they're going to have to run into something. This oh, heck yeah. yeah. I mean, there's going to be some 15K. I, that, but my thing is But this, depending Brett. on how much Florida State strikes out, doesn't, it's, it's, it, I don't think it's going to determine how, how good of a team they are or how the results come out this weekend. You know, Florida State struck out a ton last week, and they still had an opportunity to win two out of three games. So, 100% agree. I just think, for me, I cannot be seeing 18 and 19 strikeouts in, a week, like in, a, in one game. Like, I, that can't just keep happening. They, if they, you might want to close your eyes on Saturday. I mean, yeah. You know, if 12, you know, 11 or 12 strikeouts in a game, I, I get it. You know, this team has some swing and miss to them. Once that thing gets up there to 18 and 19, you're talking like 60%, 70% of your bats are Ks. Like, that's crazy. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I, I, think, I know they've worked on a lot of things. Um, don't want to give away all my notes that, that I talked to with the with the coaching staff today. But, um, yeah, they've worked on some things this week with the lineup as well. So we'll see if, if some of those tinkerings uh, allow the guys to be a little back, uh, you know, kind of playing like themselves and what we've seen in the past. Um, but McGarry and Hubbard will go Saturday. Should be fun. Uh, they will plan on using Montgomery out of the pen multiple times this weekend. They're going to try and get him right. Uh, I think Brett and I both agree that Carson is going to be a weekend guy again at some point, um, whether it's this season or next season, I mean, Montgomery is going to be um, a weekend guy. And, you know, we've compared him, too, to uh, Van Eyck. And there was a time where Van Eyck was in the uh, was in the uh, bullpen. And, they, and it was that's you how know, they used him. Van so. Eyck and, and, and Carson struggle with a lot of the same things. And that's just consistency of, of, of you know, their release point. And, you know, uh, CJ's um, 
CJ struggles always came early in games, and they came in the first inning. And once he settled down, and once he got deeper into outings, that's when he got better. And that's really what Carson hasn't been able to do yet. Um, you know, it was an error his first start. It was walks this last start. I just think if he can finally get himself deeper into a game, you're going to start to see what he really is for once. And you know, a cleaning clean inning out of the bullpen for him to come in and kind of do his thing. I think that will be a good start for him. Uh, Sunday, Vassal, um, Grady. Uh, that should be uh, another matchup. Um, I know we've talked in the past about FSU. Um, most Sundays should feel pretty good about the advantage that they'll have on the mound with Connor Grady. Um, I don't know that this Sunday is one of those weekends um, because I think Vassal is excellent and has been for Virginia in the past in his career. Um, he's a command guy as well, uh, much like Grady, but he's been uh, he's been pitching a little bit better than Grady so far this year. Last week, Connor was not, I don't think, at his best. Was Some of his balls were left up in the zone, um, and I thought Pitt made him pay, got him out of there in the fourth inning. Was it in the fifth inning they took they got to him? Yeah, they took him out with two runners on and no outs. Okay, so um, Sunday will be an interesting day. You know, I tend to think that's that this series is coming down to a rubber match. Um, I would love for Florida State to be 2-0 and after Saturday. Who and, wouldn't? And, I mean, yeah, and you know, Sunday you're talking about a sweep if you can get it and make yourself completely feel good about you. I mean, you would basically reverse the feelings if if you got a sweep this weekend. I mean, this, but I think this is headed to a rubber match. This UVA staff, their weekend staff is the best weekend rotation in the ACC, and it's one of the better ones um, in the entire country. And if Florida State can come out of here with two wins, I think it's going to really just start to put them in another direction. But, you know, well, first of all, they got to get two wins. Um, they're sitting at two wins through six games. So um, even if Florida State wins the series this, this weekend, there'll still only be, what, four and five? Oh, no, we're not doing math again. We're not starting this. You're right, though. Okay, thank yeah. you. Florida State hasn't played a midweek game, I don't believe, this season. No. Um, and uh, Virginia's not. Losing Mercer this weekend was and this midweek was tough, and I thought that was just another thing where it's like Florida State can't get a break right now. Because Mercer was a team that had given up 33 runs and a, sw- a sweep to Southern Illinois. Yeah. Um, so it's like that was the team that Florida State needed Georgia to face. Georgia Tech pounded them in a midweek. Yeah. yeah it was that t- was the team Florida State needed to face to get their bats going. And it was just like another thing that Florida State can't catch a break. Um, yeah, good luck this weekend. Thank yeah, and I, mean, staff. I mean, if we want to go straight into things, if Florida State's not catching a break, and just go straight into injuries that Florida State's got going on right now. All right, so let's let's uh, put a, our final touches on this one um, for the weekend preview. Uh, Virginia does field the ball well, Gal. Nine nine seven five. Uh, it's a, it's four a stays nine seven two. Yeah. Oh heck yeah, man. That, that was is one of the, a big. That's positive. one of the positives, by the way. Two of the three games against Pitt were uh, errorless baseball. I don't know the last time I've been able to say that. So that's something to think about. Uh, Nander, I'm not. You know what? I'm not even going to jinx it. Nander, keep it up. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah. I think, what are you looking for this weekend? This is how we'll finish it. What are you looking for this weekend from Florida State? Yeah, it's just timely hits. I mean, that that's just what Florida State needs at this point. Um, maybe not even so timely hits, but just seeing how Meat um, attacks those situations from now on, seeing if he takes the bats kind of out of these guys' hands and maybe starts bunting more, maybe starts hitting running more, uh, maybe just starts running more in general and starting to put things in motion, put pressure on teams um, in different ways rather than just with the bats. Um, you know, it's just like, we've said it over and over again. The strikeouts are going to be there, but strikeouts can't be there in certain situations. Um, Florida State needs two-out hits. They just they need it. They need to get something going here. Um, and, you know, it's those things that I said earlier, the three things, just routine plays, throw strikes, 
and timely hits. Those are the three things I'm looking for this weekend. Yeah, I think I'm going to echo your thoughts on um, the throw strikes. Virginia's hit three home runs all year, okay? They've got 12 doubles. This is not the Virginia team that you need to be afraid of um, offensively, at least so far. I mean, again, I said I don't worry about stats, so uh, maybe Virginia finds it this weekend against Florida State, and and maybe their first two weekends are anomalies uh, offensively. Um, Because that would be just so lucky for us. Yeah, goodness. Uh, But I look now, and I only see three home runs, and I'm thinking multiple staffs have pitched against Virginia, and they've only given up three home runs. Florida State should, should be able to keep the ball in the ballpark. Um, give up singles. Don't give up extra base hits. If you're going to give up a home run, solo shots, not two run, three run bombs that end up killing you. Um, that's one of the things I'm looking for. Uh, errorless baseball. Let's do it again. I, I think this team can do it. Uh, if they continue to play the way, you know, defensively that they did last weekend, do not give this Virginia team extra outs. This type of team, if you give extra outs, I feel like will make you pay. Um, they're also 12 of 14 on the base paths. It's a team that will run. Uh, unlike Florida State, who for whatever reason, you know, we were told this year they were going to be a little bit more uh, aggressive on the base paths. I haven't seen it um, yet, but maybe maybe this is the weekend that Meat has something up his sleeve. Um, Kent is four for four. Geloff is three for three. Michaels is two for two. A, n- a couple other guys are one for one. So they're going to run. They're going to put pressure on you. Um, and I think you have to, right, Brett, when you don't have any power in the lineup uh, or so far, you've got to win uh, different ways. So that's my second one. And third one, I want to see some of the guys that I'm expecting to rely on this season come back to life. I'm looking for Robbie Martin to have a big weekend. I think he will, actually. Um, I'm looking for Reese Albert to have a big weekend. I think he will. And, um, yeah, this is, this, those, are the, those are, I guess, my three things that I'm keeping an eye on out. Let me get a prediction from you. I'll say Virginia takes two or three, wins on Sunday. I'm going to say Florida State takes two or three. I feel good about it. I feel like this team on Friday will come out with energy. Um, you know what? I lied. There's another, uh, there's another key. N- not my prediction. I want to see energy from the dugout. I, I need to see, I need I to see, I would like a, to see Florida state play like a team on a road and road series. Like they're an underdog this weekend. I want a sense of urgency. That's it. Like I, I, I want the first double hit in that ball game to be a dude sliding in, looks into the seminal dugout as he pops up and pounds his chest. And I don't care if that, you know, if that's gamesmanship or if it's overdoing it, this Florida state baseball team needs to set a tone. And that's this weekend. Um, and there are a lot of leaders on that team that I do believe have seen a lot of college pitching and I believe really care about, you know, what is probably their final seasons in Tallahassee. So um, that's what I'm looking for. I got Knowles 2 or 3. I think in Tallahassee, um, historically, Florida State's been tough. I don't expect uh, the Knowles to, to lose another series, um, at least back-to-back, right after they got swept by Pitt. So we'll see. Um, Brett, anything else that I missed on that you want to touch on? Maybe uh, Nelly and... Uh, um, Tyler's health statuses. I know that I guess they're game time decisions. Yeah. So Meade announced today that they're both game time decisions. Um, Tyler's got a hip flexor injury. Um, Nelly's undisclosed so far, but you know, both of those guys, in my opinion, if, if one, even one of those guys doesn't play Florida State's in big trouble this weekend. I mean, for Tyler, you got your table setter, um, probably your best defensive first baseman, um, he just makes the whole lineup so much deeper. I mean, you saw what happened when Florida state had to move up their top, uh, you know, they're two through five guys up all one spot. I mean, the last four hitters in the lineup went one for 24, I think. Um, so he just makes that lineup so much deeper. He's so good at what he does. Um, you know, Tyler's the kind of player that pisses off other teams and teams just don't like playing him. Um, you know, he's the kind of guy that sets the tone the right way for Florida State, especially when he's leading off games and doing what he does. Um, and then 
you know, Nelly is, is, is like we've said multiple times for this season is, is the most important player on this team. Um, Nelly's been a guy that Florida State's been able to, re- to rely on so far this season, not just offensively, but, you know, defensively too. And, you know, when you, you just talked about some of, um, you know, Virginia's going to run a lot. I mean, Florida State needs Matt Nelson back there. They need his arm back there. Um, thrown out two or three runners so far this year. Um, you know, three homers. That's top 20 in the nation, I believe. Um, you know, I think two of his three homers have gone over 400 feet and all of them, all of them have been 105 plus exit velocity. Um, so, and Nelly is a guy that he's been, you know, not only just relied on him on the field, but his guy that relies that they rely on as leadership too. And, you know, he's the guy that has been around all the pitchers for years. So Florida state really, really needs Matthew Nelson to be in there this weekend. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't really know how much, what, like what percentages they are, but all we've been told is game time decisions so far. Yep. Um, good news was that, I guess if you're looking for optimistic signs, you know, um, Tyler Martin did pinch hit. So that was optimistic, um, in my opinion. If it was something super serious, I don't even I don't think, think either of them are super serious. Right. But Nelly stayed in uniform, I think, yeah. and was out in the dugout. So it wasn't like he had to go back and change into, um, you know, dry fit clothes or anything like that. I mean, it's fine. But um, it's crucial in the fact that Florida State needs to turn this around as soon as possible. Yeah, this weekend's huge. This weekend yeah. is a tone setter for the rest of the season, in my opinion. Um, you can feel really good about yourself with a series win against a top 25 team. Things things can start to look really good. Or if you lose it, um, these uh, this sour taste in your mouth lasts for a little bit longer. So, all right. Uh, I think that's pretty good, uh, what you can expect from Virginia. Um, 6 o'clock Friday, 2 o'clock on Saturday, 1 o'clock on Sunday all three games on ACC Network Extra. Looking forward to to being back with my Seminole Productions family. Um, good good people there, and who do uh, Brett? Can you give a shout out by the way to how much better their TV production is than some of the others uh, around the country? Yeah, I mean, look down in Gainesville, they got like two out of a hundred games on on streamed or been able to watch. So I'm talking know, like the quality of cameras so, too yeah, and also graphics. Seminole like, Productions is you know you got a very high level production going on there. Um, not much different than MLB Productions on ESPN. Got some nerd named Aria calling games that is is, is going well. <laughs> Sean Davidson does a good job. You know everybody loves Chip Baker, so um, lots of good things going on there. And you know the camera work is the cameras they have, the camera work that's been done. Um, there's not many people that do it like Florida State does when it comes to baseball productions. I think. Yeah, definitely. And I appreciate the the kind words there. So, all right, um, let's get to your, get to some questions, shall we? Uh, I know that was part of the. Um, what we said in the last podcast that we wanted to do. So um, I will start with some of these that I got, uh, that we got on Twitter. Um, The first one was, um, you know, what's the status of Nelson and Martin? I think we just touched on that. Um, Do we think Vince is going to be in the everyday lineup now? And uh, what do the boys have to do, in your opinion, um, to make up for the bad feeling of getting swept? Um, I can start with that last one. If you win two out of three against Virginia, I'm feeling pretty good. Yeah, and I would say... In normal circumstances, losing two and a three to Virginia wouldn't be bad, but for Florida State to wipe last weekend, they've really got to come out of here with a weekend um, win. They got to come out with two or three at least. A sweep, and we're even, man. Quite literally, we're even. I mean, you'd be three and three in ACC play. Yeah, I think if Florida State were to sweep, you would see them start to trend back up in those rankings. I mean, I think I saw coaches poll Florida State had one vote. I was like, oh my goodness. Somebody, we're technically ranked 55th in the nation. Somebody still believes. Is, probably, is Meat allowed to vote for us? 
Um, Vince, every day in the lineup, do you think? Yeah, I think he'll be everyday second baseman now. Um, you know, I don't think I don't think you know, I don't think Jackson Green's done enough with the bat so far. And Jackson Green had those games last year, and I think Vince can be just as reliable as him in the field. So they're gonna start I think they're gonna start to go with the guy that um really hasn't got enough opportunities to show what he's done yet. And you know, he was a guy that showed to be reliable at the plate. Um, for all fall and spring as well. So I think that is definitely a direction they'll be headed in soon, or at least I'd like to see. All right, thanks for that question, uh, Aaron Mobley on Twitter. Um, his handle confuses me. So Aaron Mobley, good job. Um, Robert, I hope I don't butcher your name. If I do, my name's been butchered my entire life, so I feel bad just, just a little bit. Yeah, thanks, buddy. My own co-host just as terrible was. I'm going to mute your mic. Um, it says you talked last on last week's podcast about advancement opportunities uh, in the games this weekend. What would you consider as advancement opportunities or what does meet consider as an advancement opportunity that comes from, I want to say Robert Leper, maybe Loper. Um, I'm going to go with Loper final answer. <laughs> I'm not looking at it, so I'm not going to guess, but, um, advancement opportunities is a stat that's on, um, Florida state's stat broadcast that I like to use. And that was something I really didn't know about um, before I came to Florida state, but it's just um, when you got somebody on base, um, it's a hitter's opportunity to move a guy up a base um, with less than two outs. So Florida state's really struggled with that so far and that could go a long way. And then, you know, it just has a lot to do with productive outs and Florida state has not done a good job of that the last two years, in my opinion. All right. I uh, appreciate that question there, Robert. I uh, know that I won't butcher that. So Robert, good job. Uh, Kev on uh, Twitter. I guess it says Kevin Chia. Kevin. Okay. Thanks, Kevin. Uh, We've been hearing about all these arms on staff, so I was very confused to see Hubbard was left in for that long and extras given the pitch count. I also understand – I also don't understand why Elijah was pinch hit in game one. Any theories uh, on these decisions? Um, First off with Hubbard – um, Hubbard was built up to be a starter, so the pitch count wasn't really an issue for him. Um, you know, he was a guy that's built up just as much as, well, a few more pitches less than than uh, Montgomery and all those guys just because of injury in the fall. But, um, you know, he's a guy that has the ability to go that deep into games. And, you know, he was cruising for the most part. And I think the biggest thing that went into it was, um, I believe, it was, was it Hess that hit the double off of him? Um, is a lefty, and he, they just wanted to leave him in there for the lefty. Um, and if it had got past that, I believe uh, Purdue was going to come in. Um, you could make the argument for Purdue to come in and face Washington, but with the base open, I think they were going to let um, Bryce work around him a bit and then see what he could do against the lefty. So that's why he was left in there. Um, and you know when a guy is cruising like that, um, you, you don't really kind of want to overthink it and take a guy out of the game. But I don't know what you've got over there, but you're laughing. But it's the next, um, it's the next guy's uh, Twitter handle. But the, <laughs> it's already got me laughing. Keep going. I'm but sorry. the what was the second question? Um, Nico for Elijah. Yeah, that's head scratching um, to say the least. Um, you know there is some there are some real reasons to do it. Um, you know you probably got a lower floor lower floor player in Nico. I mean higher floor player in Nico. I apologize. But um, and you know Nico's you got the lefty righty matchup, but. You know, you've got two ounce. I don't think you need to worry about strike ounce. You got a righty righty matchup, but it's two ounce. You got, I think you just go, you go with the, I just think meat might have overthought there. Um, you just got to go with the guy with the higher ceiling. You know, one swing from Elijah can make it a, a four to one Florida state lead. Um, so yeah, 
Um, but there, I mean, there are reasons to it. Lefty, righty. Um, Nico's a veteran guy. He's not going to get too overwhelmed by the situation. Um, and honestly, Nico is a guy that hit well coming into the season, I thought. But yeah, but yeah, I think you just got to trust Elijah, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, this is an interesting Twitter name. Um, uh, Huchino. That's, that's something. Um, Uchi and the Blowfish is what <laughs> popped in my head, and I couldn't stop laughing. Um, but his name's Aspiring Greenskeeper for the Sod Cemetery, so we do appreciate uh, that you're that you're uh, dreaming big here. Um, his question was actually a pretty good one. Um, it says, um, "Can you hit on a, a few potential lineup changes?" Um, particularly, he was wondering about third base or second base. I think we touched on that a little bit with Vince, um, but maybe third base and. I'm guessing it says maybe Armart, you know, um, Robbie Martin, but um, I'm assuming that's more of a would you move him in the order, yeah. um, that type of thing. So I'll let you handle that one. Yeah, I think I think Lacey's going to stick at third just because he gives you a lot of stability defensively. Um, like I said, I, I think the best option moving forward at second base is probably Vince Smith and just the, um, you know, a bit a few more tools than, than Green, um, you know, a bit more contact that Green will give you, I think. Um, you know, when he gets on base, he can do some things as well and put pressure on defenses. Um, as for lineup movement, I think uh, would I move Robbie onto the three hole right now if the whole lineup is healthy? Um, I don't think so. Um, you know, Robbie is striking out a lot more than usual, but Robbie's also got eight walks this year, which I believe is 16th in the nation. Um, and I think, you know, I think this staff also realizes that Robbie – for so long has been Robbie. Robbie has has done his normal thing. I think they're going to stick with him. Um, you know, I think Meat was saying today that he was swinging over the ball more than usual, and that they they had really never seen him from, seen that from him before. And they were kind of looking at some side by sides with him and Reese. Um, and you know, Reese, I think he said they clo- they were closing up his stance a little bit, making it a little less wide. He was getting too wide in his base, and kind of couldn't get him himself going out of that out of that position. So um, those are. You know, I don't think you'll see, I don't think you'll see those, those top five when they're all healthy and move around just yet. Cool. All right, Hoochie Noel. Appreciate it, Hooch. If I can call you that. Uh, good stuff there. And the uh, final question that I have that's on this list um, is from J. Kyle Tilly. Um, and he was uh, wondering, did you see any hit and runs called during the pit series? I know that was something that Meat had actually, and he's talked about it in the past, is he wants to put pressure on defenses um, I didn't see many hit and runs called, um, but I wonder, you know, you're usually, um, you have a closer eye on things. So, um, did you see any, there were a couple, I believe there was one with Vince Smith hitting that Vince, I believe Vince chopped it right back to the mound. Um, you know, it, it's a play that takes execution from both sides of the ball. Um, I would like to see it more. I, I thought they should have, they should have used it a little bit more, but there were some called, um, I don't know exactly how many, um, I think there were probably two or three of them called, but I think that was something that I expected to happen more often for this Florida state team. But, you know, I just think that meat right now is, is seeing what he has, um, uh, when the lights are turned on, um, he's seeing what works for certain guys, what doesn't, um, and I think as this season goes on a little bit and more three, one counts, three, two counts with less than two ounce, you're definitely going to see a lot more hit and runs. I think that's definitely something that is in his philosophy, something that he likes to do from what I've seen in practices and in some games. Um, but yeah, I don't have an exact number, but they definitely did have a couple on there. All right. 
Appreciate that uh, question from J. Kyle Tilly. Um, Brett, uh, I know you had a few more. Yeah, I got some over here from Tom Hawk Nation uh, comments. Um, first one was, if it's the players that are not buying into the philosophy, when, why did that change? I've been led to believe that the last couple seasons of 11, it was really meat running the show. Is it the atmosphere around the clubhouse? Is it the vibe from meat already wearing on the players? Or is there mixed signals coming from meat and Holt? Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I don't. I don't know that that last part's a hundred percent true, um, or the the middle part where uh, Meat was calling the shots the last yeah, few. That's kind of what I was going to hit on. I don't too. think that that's completely true. Um, I, I think Meat's actually been vocal in the past that um, his program now he's definitely made some changes on things that he wanted to do while his dad was coaching. So um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not a hundred percent sure that that's accurate. So um, what I will say. Um, is that Meat is trying to kind of have a hybrid um, attack where it's a lot of the the patient approach, but also making sure that you kind of know where the heat zones are, um, so to speak, for the lineup. Um, and he's talked about you don't want to take middle, you, you can't take pitches down the middle. Um, and the problem, I think the issue Florida State's having right now with this offensive system is there's a lot of guys that I think are still adjusting to mentally understanding exactly what they're supposed to be looking for. Um, sometimes, you know, guys have simplistic approaches, right? You see a first pitch fastball, you're hitting it. I mean, coaching staffs will do that where they say, um, we're swinging it, we're looking for all first pitches, and we're looking to attack in the first two pitches. And that's just like, that's like a Wake Forest where all of a sudden, you know, they hit a lot of home runs um, because they're attacking early in the counts, but they're the ones who strike out 18 and 19 times a game. I know you're going to say, well, Florida State's already doing that. Well, I think that's because of just uncomfort right now with this um, with this methodology. I think it'll get better. I like the attack. Like I think it's I think the the idea behind it is right. It's just going to take time to implement. And you got to remember, last year was Meat's first season, and they didn't get a full year to be able to go through an entire slate of schedule. Um, and this season, we've only been able to play six games. Here's what I'll say. If we continue to see these problems in a month, you know, we're, we're three or four, five series in, and guys look confused and they're taking pitches down the middle, um, they're seeing strike three called on looking, then let's talk about that. But right now, I think we should still have the wait and approach. Yeah, and I think the wait, the wait yeah. and see approach. Sorry, Brett. Yeah, I think we've only seen it, the meets approach really in three of six games so far this year, in my opinion. Um, you know, the two games on Sunday against North Florida. That is Meat's approach. Um, what they did that day reminded me a lot of what I've seen him preach every day in practice. Um, you know, the things that he always says, this is just what good hitters do. Um, I'm trying to think. There was um, a Duke I, game, by the way. The, the Duke game last a year on the Sunday. I think you and I counted how many at-bats for Florida State had, like, a first or second pitch uh, base hit. It was like eight or nine of them. Yeah. I mean – but there's more. There's a lot more than that that goes into it. First pitch with right. meat. But I'm just, I'm just. I feel like Saturday against Pitt, we saw it a bit. Even though they still struggled, they only scored two runs. But you know, we did see ten hits. Um, um, just didn't see them in the two ounce situations. But you know, Meat's philosophy is middle, middle first pitch or middle, middle when we're up in counts. We're in favorable counts um, with the fastball. We're going to swing. Um, when we're up in counts, we're not going to swing at breaking balls outside of the zone. You have to be able to read spin to hit and meets offense. And if you can't do that, then you're not going to hit and meets offense because that's just 
that's just part of it that he preaches and part of it that every good hitter does. Um, you know, and I just think we haven't seen enough. Uh, we haven't seen enough of Florida State taking advantage of favorable counts yet this year. Um, you know, they've been getting in them. They've been getting their walks still, but they just haven't done enough damage um, yet. And I think a little bit of that has to do with them not wanting to, them being a little bit too worried about striking out, especially after a couple days of really caning a lot. Um, you know, on Sunday, I thought after, I mean, he said it after the game too. He said it just kind of looks like we were trying to not strike out, um, which you're going to end up just not putting anything hard in play, really, I think. Um, but yeah, I think that's, I don't think it's a disconnect between the coaching staff or the players right now. I just think it's, it's a player's mentality that they kind of are pressing a bit, kind of a little freezed up, kind of trying to get rid of old habits. Um, you know, there's a lot of things going on there. Um, but you haven't seen meets real approach yet. I don't think, uh, with him in, in full command of, of this, of this roster. I, yeah, it could be this weekend where we see it come to fruition. I mean, we've seen it, man, in the past and it works like yeah. Georgia in Athens, like, man, they took, they took some first round talents to the woodshed and it, and it's, it's there like, yeah. Okay. There's some talent that was on that Florida state lineup too, that made things happen. Drew Mendoza was in spring training the other day on ESPN. Um, so, so that's a different, that's a little bit different. Um, but it does work. And I think as the guys kind of get settled in, um, that should improve, but yeah, let's, let's keep an eye on that this weekend. Yeah. We'll run through, um, three more questions here quickly. Um, that was a good question that kind of turned my head a little bit, but, um, I got a question. Are we seeing the effects of too many scrimmages and the players are going through a midseason downturn at the beginning of the beginning of the season as far as effort and attitude? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I was there for all the scrimmages. Um, you know, that's just kind of like spring training in, in, in MLB. I mean, that's just something you got to do. You got to get live looks. If you don't do live looks, you're not going to hit at all. I mean, I know we're not hitting much right now, but that's not because of uh, being worn out or anything like that. Um, you know, I think every team in the country has scrimmaged as much as Florida State did leading up to the season. Um, you know, they kind of just mimicked what a regular season would be like with a midweek game and then three games on the weekend. So, um, you know, that that's just, I don't think that's an excuse for Florida State right now. Other hitters, it's just a lot of guys being in a slump at the same exact time, and it's not necessarily a midseason slump. It's just a slump. It's just a lot of guys pressing, I think. Yeah, um, I think anyone who's played sports in general um, – and I'm not saying this to call anyone. I'm not. This has nothing to do with you know him. The question personally, but um, if you played sports at any level, like you would rather scrimmage than practice. I mean, I don't. You know, like scrimmage is not a bad thing, other than football, where you're maybe trying to protect people mm-hmm. um, from getting hurt before a, a big game on a Saturday. It doesn't really. I think you would rather play anything that comes close to being similar to the actual game. Um, you can work on infield defense and you can work on bunting and then you can work on running the bases and they do that. They're out there for like three and a half hours a day. Um, but you got to line them up good on good and kind of see what you got. And I don't think there's some, there's such thing as too many scrimmages. Um, because well, I mean, pitching to, from the mound to the batter's box, like, wouldn't you rather it be live pitching than being in a cage? Like, I just think – I don't think there's a such thing as too many scrimmages. Maybe that's not what the question was intended to be asked or how it was supposed to be asked. But, yeah, I, I don't see any any downside to scrimmaging. All right. I like the next question. Are the pitchers just not executing what Belly has been preaching to them? AAA 3-4K hasn't really been present when it comes to game execution. Um, I've actually thought about this question a couple times 
not even 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 before I saw this question, but just the AA three four K approach. Um, I said after week one in one of my articles that that's what Florida State needed to get back to. Um, it's it's something that Belly is really trying to instill in a lot of these guys. Um, you know, I've seen it. There's a lot of times Florida State is down in counts where Florida State is is not just going to give into a hitter and give them fastballs and say, I just need to get me, I need to get myself over, I need to get myself back in counts. That's not what it is for Belly. For Belly, it's we have to execute with any pitch in any moment, um, you know, any pitch, anywhere, anytime, three pitches for strikes. Um, that's what a lot of these guys have struggled with so far, what has led to walks. Um, you know, a lot of breaking balls with two strikes or down in counts where they just haven't executed. And, like, that is not what – you know, with this AA three four K and not just giving into hitters, it's not going to work at Florida State if you can't throw pitches, if you can't throw multiple pitches for strikes, basically. So, it's that's just something that has to be executed better. I don't think it's got something to do with pitch calling. It's just it's just got some, it's they got to execute what's called and you know, not swipe away from stuff and just attack hitters with all the pitches they have, not just fastballs. Yeah, in college baseball, if you can if you can throw the fastball, you know, if if you can spot a fastball. You can make a living in, in college baseball. You'll be all right against most college lineups. Um, so I think I actually think you said everything we need to say about that. Um, so what I'll, all I'll say is if FSU can get ahead in the count this weekend against Virginia, I, I like their chances against this lineup, especially. I think if you're in a 1-2, 0-2, you're going to have a lot of success against UVA this weekend. So that's all I'll say about that. Um, Brett, you got any more? Uh, would they have won Sunday had whoever that was there that came home in the twelfth slid or at best ran through the plate? Um, I thought it was not on the sl- no on slide because it's in it that situation time. when it's a force play. It's just like when a player is running through first base. So I thought it was the right decision to run through. Um, if it had been a faster runner, um, I think that would have made this difference. But I don't think it was an effort thing or a slide thing. I just think it was. I mean, that was a really nice play by Yanni. I mean, that was a high chopper, and he just kind of crazy. jumped up and whipped it home. And I was just like... But also, like, to, for him to be a veteran and to have that, like... he was He's played, like, 190 career games. For him to not freak out in the moment and his brain... Like, he's charging. So, one, your brain's thinking, don't mess this up. Like, don't don't bobble this. And then, two, for him to not think about going to first immediately and for him to have the wherewithal to just be, like, home plate immediately and then make a good throw. Look, man, Pitt beat you. And that I, I, you can say what you want about the weekend, um, Pitt beat you, and and you can say you know we can talk about what that means for this roster or what that means for this season. I can't sit there and say that Florida State gave Pitt an entire series. I don't believe that that was the case. Pitt won. I'll um, say I'll so. say on a live look, I thought he was safe at the plate at the stadium. I thought he was safe when I first watched it, but I also didn't think the replay was a half a step, definitely an out. It was. I yeah. couldn't even see it on I, the TVs. We I, never saw it inside the booth, but. I felt like it was a play where either neither whatever it was called on the field, I just felt like it was going to stick that way, kind of. No, I thought when I saw it on replay, I thought it was it was very close, like you said. I thought it was a half step. Um, I'm not sure. What I was thinking was, what if they come out and they say safe? Like this it, Florida State is. A, I mean, that's tech, that's a walk off. Then is the whole team just running the field and and dogpile the umpire? Like what what's going know. on? I here? think Bell would have lost his mind, man. Um, it would have been hilarious, though, the very week after a, an illegal bat was used in the ninth inning. and <laughs> I mean, that inning was getting away. That yeah. inning seemed like it might get away from Florida. And that illegal too. bat feels like six months ago at this point. No kidding. Um, yeah. Anyway, back to his question. I, I, don't, I think a slide would have taken more time to hit the bag. Um, it might have made the view a little different on the umpire. It would have made it a little more murkier to make that call um, in lifetime. So maybe it could have affected it. 
But I think I think I just think a guy made a really good play, man. Like I, uh, it sucks. I wish Florida State would have won that game. I wish Tyler Martin would have singled up the middle or gotten hit by a pitch, J.C. Flowers style against Auburn, and we don't have to worry about it. But so I play another weekend. So I play fifty games, man. We got a chance. Um, got a lot of work to do, Brett. Definitely. Have a lot I think of work it's a good thing Florida State plays a good team this weekend because Sense as of quick as it as quick as it went bad, you can quickly erase it with wins against good teams. So there won't be a lack of focus in my opinion this weekend. I don't think that will be the reason. So, all right, y'all. I think that's, that's a pretty good, uh, it's a pretty good podcast. We went through a lot there. We really appreciate your questions. Um, definitely keep emailing us, tweet at us, um, you know, comment on Brett's stuff on, on Tomahawk nation and six o'clock, two o'clock, one o'clock. See you, uh, hopefully at the park. If not, we'll catch you on ACC network extra. Um, myself and Chip Baker will be on the call and, uh, we're actually going to be, at the uh, at the stadium this time, worked something out with ESPN so that we could call the games from the booth and see the field. So excited about that! Excited about what Florida State um, has on the table and the opportunity that is present for them to get their season right back on track against a very good Virginia team. So until next time, Aria and Brett, we'll talk to you soon. Uh, Florida State three games against the Cavs. Go Knowles.